We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Is going on happy wednesday and welcome to the roto world roto grinders dfx pick six that's okay guys we're halfway through the season man i'm eric crane evan silver rich rebar silva what's up man how you doing doing well man doing well um just you know coming off a bad week but 
you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy because we have this week the opportunity to stack Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams and run it back with Todd Gurley and or Brandon Cooks. I mean, that Packers-Rams game, I'm so excited to discuss it. I don't want to give it all away ahead of time, but I am very excited for this week, and I think it's going to be an awesome week, guys. Yeah, I'm actually, I really like this week. And you mentioned, you know, just some really nice game stacks we can look toward. I know we're going to talk Indy and Oakland later, later, of course, the Green Bay and Rams game. Uh, first, we're going to be talking a different game. But before I can get to that, Reeves, how you doing, man? How's your week been? Been real good. I actually did all right last week. We talked about uh, game, you know, game selection that Thursday through Monday, like really, I went so heavy on that. It saved me, man. It was really, really kind to me. Uh, you know, that Thursday through Monday site saw a lot of people pivot to Austin Eckler, who, who tanked. I just kind of held my ground and played the dudes I wanted to play from the week. I was, said I wasn't going to change this week and start making a bunch of alterations, and uh, it worked out. So it was good. I'm excited for this week because I feel like this is the first real, like, construction week. Maybe something in the next two days will happen. Like, we had the Chubb news last week come and break the slate. But this feels like the first real compact slate where, like, it's, it's interesting lineup building this week. There are not a lot of free squares on the board. That's yeah, uh, that's good. I'm glad we're gonna have a tough week. We we need a tough week. Last week you could kind of fit anybody you want in, especially after the Nick Chubb value. Oh yeah, this, yeah. This week not quite the same thing. But let's go ahead and talk about our first game. It's Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh at home. They're eight point favorites. Total fifty and a half. And Reeves, you're gonna be really hard pressed to talk me into not playing James Conner this week. Belkow running back, eight point favorite at home with one of the biggest totals on the slate against the run funnel. Can you make a case against James Conner? No, so I mean it's pretty good because I'm not going to try to talk you out of playing James I mean it's just a pretty easy spot. You know he has 91 and a half percent of the backfield touches for the Steelers. It's the highest share of any back in the NFL. It's more share of the touches he has in his backfield than Ezekiel it even has in the Dallas backfield. Uh, only Todd Gurley has more touches inside the five yard line than James Conner. And you mentioned that the Browns are just weak against the run. You know, they came out of Tampa Bay unscathed, but they're still 25th in yards of scrimmage allowed to running backs. James Conner got them for 192 back in week one. I know that game went to overtime. Uh, but yeah, this is just a pretty easy spot. And like I said, it's going to be one of those weeks where it's a lot tougher to just cram in Todd Gurley even though we want to I think on DK it's a lot easier too but I think on FanDuel you're gonna have to really give some hard consideration to probably doing like a Connor cream hunt pair instead of just trying to go all the way up at 11k or, or you just play Antonio Callaway not this again <laughs> not this Antonio Callaway crap again like it's you know he's, when life in the buy low air yards model all right yeah, that's because I think he's been there for six weeks. Yeah, I mean he yeah. has no place to go. He's but due. He's due. There There's week. only one where to go. Yeah, <laughs> to the waiver wire. That's where you go, Antonio. Antonio Callaway. I mean, like Evan. You know, you kind of mentioned like these running back prices, and like I understand that Gurley at nine eight is a really great play over on DraftKings, but James Conner at seventy five hundred just seems underpriced to me. It sounds like all you want, Crane, is to just be whispered sweet nothings about James Conner. And I, I'm not going to do it, you know, like, uh, just no, I, I, I am going to do it. Just like, <laughs> just like Reeves did. The first thing that stands out to me when I looked at this game is just the fact that the Browns have played four games in overtime. They have not had their bye yet. Um, they have played 524 defensive snaps, 34 more than any other NFL team. Uh, their nose tackle, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Sashi Pick, uh, he has played 100 more defensive snaps than any other defensive tackle uh, in football. 
Uh, so they've just been out there so much and they're facing, they're going on the road to face this team at Heinz field that is coming off a bye. So in terms of fatigue, you know, these teams are just in such different places. And also um, uh, it's been a real smash spot ever since they changed overtime rules. And especially this year uh, teams, teams coming off of, of an overtime game this year are just six and 12 straight up five and 13 against the spread. The Browns themselves have had their worst games of the year. These games following the overtime games, you know, they played the Steelers in overtime week one came back and scored 18 points against the saints. They played a long overtime game against across country against the Raiders came back and just scored 12 points against the Ravens. That game also went to overtime. They turned around and got dusted by the chargers the week after that. So, I mean, this is another game. that seems like a pretty prime letdown spot for the Browns. Uh, altogether so okay so what about the Pittsburgh passing attack because Evan typically been at home it's always really interesting not the easiest matchup for him because you know I just like Connor that much but it, it seems like Ben might be the one that goes under own here Evan um yeah you, you think uh, I, I I've been thinking that Ben and Antonio Brown are gonna be the chalk this week let's find um I mean I, I think this is a massive smash spot like 30 to 40 point game for the Steelers uh, and the Browns are just going to get rolled here. And Hugh is finally get fired after this game. You ain't getting fired, man. By the way, you want, you want to know the projected ownership on Ben Roethlisberger right now? He is one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh most popular quarterback right now, according to the Roto-Grinders ownership projections, only seven and a half percent for Ben Roethlisberger. Interesting. Yep. I, I mean, I think it is too. What about you, Reese? What do you think about this Steelers passing attack? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I think it's a good week to look at some of these quarterbacks that have tougher matchups, um, not just outside of the where, where these matchups typically lie, but compared to the field, because it's a really weak QB slate this week. There aren't a lot of cheap cheapies this week. It's not a great streaming quarterback week, which is what we tie into DFS. So we've got these guys like a Ben Roethlisberger and a Drew Brees in these spots against defenses that haven't been giving up a lot of points. And last week they, they gave a lot of yards to Jameis, but Jameis got his points on the ground uh, in that game. You know, the Browns still turned him over. Browns D last week hit. <laughs> you know, super cheap, maybe on both sides. Um, but I think that Ben will be fine. I think he's going to have a good game. But when you tie it into the field, it gets elevated more. Because So this might be a spot where in a full slate, hit an okay Ben game or a good Ben game might still be like a QB, like 12 to 15 type of game. This week, that game could be like a, a QB 5 to 8 game, you know, on this on this type of slate. So like that, if he's going to come in at, at lower ownership, is still beneficial. If he gets like a twenty point game, he gets that eighteen to nineteen points. Uh, the Browns still like that are playing good pass defense. I like both the receivers here. I like Juju a little more, just because we've seen the Browns now three weeks in a row use Denzel Ward to shadow an opposing receiver. And last week they did what we talked about on the show. They did not have him shadow Mike Evans, who was giving away you know he was who he was giving away thirty pounds uh, of size to. Uh, they had Demarius Randall guard Mike Evans. Yeah, fifty pounds. Yeah, fifty pounds. I mean, he's Denzel Ward's one eighty three. Mike Evans two thirty one. Yes, they had him follow Djax. Like he was guarding Djax in the game. Uh, this week he'll probably follow Antonio Brown. He did a lot last week. That doesn't mean you're scared of Antonio Brown. But I'm looking at the opposite guys from Denzel Ward to Shadow have been cooking. You know, it was Mike Evans last week. So this week it's going to be Juju in the Juju in the slot. He roasted uh, Body Calhoun, you know, in week one. So, I mean, I'm looking at Juju this week uh, to be the hot guy there. Yeah, I like Juju plenty. And, I mean, look, I understand that, 
Denzel Ward's been good, but Evan, we're not really scared of Antonio Brown against shadow coverage, are we? No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I mean, I think that, like, you know, Denzel Ward has been great. He he shadowed John Brown. He shadowed uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, and last week, like Reeves mentioned, he shadowed uh, Deshaun for most of the game and, and slowed him down. He also uh, chased uh, Chris Godwin on a bunch of snaps. None of those guys – or. Uh, Keenan Allen went for 62 yards, but that was the most yardage of any of those guys. Um, I mean, he's really good, but like Antonio Brown is going to like teach him some lessons. You know, that, that's, that's my expectation. He's going to, he's going to welcome him to the NFL. Um, with that said, like one of the reasons that I like Ben is because all his pass catchers are in really good spots. You know, um, I think that Antonio Brown, again, can keep, to, can teach uh, Denzel Ward a lesson. Juju Smith-Schuster, as Reeves mentioned, is in a great spot uh, in the slot against the Browns. Last two games, or he's played, Juju has played two games full against the Browns in his career, just dropped haymakers on them both times. Uh, and then Vance McDonald against this defense that is missing Joe Schobert, uh, the most underrated uh, middle linebacker in the NFL. Uh, I mean, they, they're going to get, they're going to get masked by, uh, by tight ends until he returns. Um, so, and, and I, I truly believe that this fatigue is going to start to catch up to them. I mean, playing so many friggin' snaps is, you know, especially for like a young defense and they don't do a lot of rotate rotating. I mean, especially up front, like miles Garrett has played the most snaps of any defensive end, any defensive lineman in the NFL. And then Larry Ogunjobi is second. And those are their two star, uh, defensive linemen, both, uh, Sashi picks by the way. Uh, but you know, these, like these guys are going to start to get tired. Uh, and I think it's going to start to show this week. I think the Steelers are, are just going to smash them. Yeah, I do too. And I, I feel like there are a number of ways we could go with the Steelers. You know, you mentioned Vance McDonald. He's probably going to be the lowest on of the, of the best. Then you get Antonio Brown, Juju, obviously I've already professed my love for James Conner this week. And yeah, I understand we like the Steelers a lot, but let's talk about this Cleveland side, because to me, this is a really great Jarvis Landry spot. He bounced back last week and had the big week. Reeves, what do you think about Jarvis Landry this week? Yeah, on the Browns side, though Landry and, and Joker are the only guys I think that are I'm, I'm really interested in. Uh, obviously, Landry he had the big second half last week. You know, we were due, he was due to get off, uh, uh, and we knew that the Bucks were a prime matchup to kind of get him get him there. Um, the Steelers have been really poor against lead wide receivers. They're allowing a league high 111 receiving yards per game to opposing lead wideouts. Uh, the past three games that they played, the slot, they've been touched up in the slot. You know, I know Mike Hilton missed one of those games, but 7, 105, and 1, 9, 128, and 1, 8, 91, and 1 to the slot. Um, the slot receivers uh, the last three times that they played. And Joku, we talked about last week just how he's been balling since Mayfield, you know, kind of took over. He's in the tight end five overall over that span of PPR formats. Uh, he is second behind all Zach Ertz in receptions uh, over that span. And teams just have been killing the Steelers with tight end play, you know, all season. Uh, opposing teams target the tight end 26.5% time in the Steelers. That's the most in the league. Uh Tight ends have 30 and 30.3 receptions against the Steelers uh, of the receptions allowed by the Steelers. That's the highest share in the league. So, I mean, it's, I'm looking at Joku and Landry catch up spot, like some junk times and Joku's still priced just uh, really under, I think for how he's been playing one and then two, uh, the upside he possesses. Um, but I'm with Evan too. I think Vance is flying under the radar too. Yeah, it's like Vance for the Steelers defense, like they lost Ryan Shazier, right. And they just have never recovered. Like, how do you not just, 
you have to make some sort of adjustment, man. Like they have not made any sort of adjustment ever since they lost Ryan Shazier. And it's, it's evident against tight ends. You know, it's, it's a bit evident, you know, in the middle of the field, um, you know, against slot receivers. I mean, they just, they have been bad on defense, you know, and, and you can trace it back to the Ryan Shazier injury. Yeah. I mean, this game should shoot out. Like there's little reason to think this game isn't going to shoot out and, Pittsburgh is going to put up a ton of points. All right, let's move on to our next game. It's Indy at Oakland. And if you had said before the season that it's middle of the season and we're about to talk about the Colts and the Raiders, I would have said, well, then this show's really gone downhill. That's not the case. So, Evan, why are we talking about the Colts and the Raiders? Um, because the game has high scoring potential and we like box score filling games. All right. Well, let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about who we like on Andy because Jack Doyle, okay. he's back to practicing. Yeah, and I'm I, just, I hope he doesn't play. I'm hoping I do he doesn't too because I want all the Eric Ebron this week. I know, I know. <laughs> um, well, the first thing that stands out when you look at the the Colts from just a, a seven game standpoint is how good their offensive line is. Like Chris Ballard fixed their offensive line, which is, I mean, it seems like their offensive line has been a problem. Like it was a problem at the end of the Peyton Manning era. Like it, it started to get bad, but he was such a freaking good quarterback that no one noticed because he'd get the ball out quickly and he knew it, his team's, you know, uh, weak, uh, strengths and weaknesses and he could himself adjust for them. Um, but this offensive line is top five right now in adjusted line yards in terms of run blocking at, at Football Outsiders. Uh, Andrew Luck has gone 125 straight pass attempts, the longest stretch in his career without taking a sack. And now they are facing this team that can't stop the run or the pass. Uh, They get the Raiders get blown up with vertical bombs and they can't stop the run, you know, and, and they're tanking. I mean, they, they don't want to win at this point. They, they, you know, it took them five, six games, but they realized, Hey, you know, we're, we can't compete. And um, you know, we're going to start, you know, uh, we're, we're selling off our young pro bowl players. Um, And, you know, I think that Marlon Mack really stands out. Uh, as the guy that I think is going to end up being the chalk this week, uh, and deservedly so. Uh, he has averaged seven yards per carry over the last two games. Um, they're using him in the passing game. He's rendered Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins just completely obsolete. Uh, the Raiders, again, have been really bad in run defense. This is a high-scoring Colts offense. They play at, a, at an up-tempo pace. Uh, so I think that – and I, I mentioned Marlon Mack last week on the show. I didn't, I didn't play him. Uh, I'm, I'm only doing one one lineup these uh, these days, and, and he was not in the lineup, and I wish that I would have played him. I played friggin' Austin Eckler, like Reeves mentioned at the top. Uh, but I think that Marlon Mack is going to be the chalk this week. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely might be the chalk, especially after what he did last week. I mean, we all know that Oakland struggles against the run, and to me, like, there are so many different ways Indy can put up points here, whether it's Marlon Mack. Or look, he's been just airing it out, but now that they have a running game, is he going to keep airing it out? I'm not sure. Reeves, what do you think about this Colts offense? Yeah, like Evan said, I think the most important thing that Evan just hit on is that the Raiders have quit. They've quit on football. And, like, that's – that. I mean, listen, that's a, that's a spot we want to take advantage. We did it all last year when the Giants quit on football, and we played guys against the Giants every week last year. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a spot. Like, we're just going to target the Raiders the rest of the season. They don't want to win football games. 
They can't play defense when they were trying. They couldn't rush the passer. Andrew Luck is being sacked at the lowest rates clip, like Evan said. Uh, they're getting the ball out of his hands. He just got T.Y. Hilton back to knock some rust off. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's also getting a bunch of targets like inside the 10-yard line now for the first time in his career. They're using him creatively. Uh, it's just It feels like the Colts are on a trajectory where they're moving in a different direction than the Raiders, and, you know, and they're still flying under the radar because they've got this stigma of being a 2-5 and five team, and everyone knows Andrew Luck's getting points, but no one really knows any of these playmakers. Well, all the playmakers that you do know are coming back. Marlon Mack is back. T.Y. Hilton's back. Doyle might come back. It's starting to get healthy, and Luck was producing without these guys. Uh, now that they're in a groove, I'd expect them to keep it going. I mean, there's really – if you're looking for a team to put up over 30 points, it's going to be this one this week. I mean, this is the team uh, that you're going to look at. And Luck leads the league in, you know, red zone pass uh, touchdown passes. He's not getting any pressure, like Evan said. It's just a smash spot, I think, for the Colts offense altogether. I think he leads the league in red zone attempts, too, or at least a red zone rate as far as passing goes. Um, so here we are. We love this Colts team, yet – on the road, they're only three-point favorites. And when we look to this game, you know, we, we know who we're talking about on Indy. We know we're talking about Andrew Luck, Marlon Mack. Evan, who the hell are we supposed to play on the Raiders? All right, see, that was how bad the question was. Evan had to go. That's how that was. He just said, oh, my God, the Raiders. I don't even want to talk about them. Reeves, you're still here, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I, I might. I kind of want to leave after the question as well. <laughs> I mean, well, you look at this Raiders team, and, man, you know, Marshawn Lynch, to, he's going to IR. You know, Mari Cooper, he's going to Dallas. Like, that was a weird – like, what – I'm just going to ask, Reese, what would you value – have a valued uh, Amari at as far as trade value goes? Like, third rounder? <laughs> or, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it would have been it would tough. I could have got, like, some squeeze on that rookie deal, maybe a little more. But, I mean, all you're buying really is essentially the half – back half of this season and then that fifth-year option year. So, I mean, which isn't even a deal. So, I mean, it's tough. I Definitely not the one. Um, but I do wish the best for Amari. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have him on, a, on at least one dynasty team still left uh, where he's on a roster. So, I do I do want him to bounce back and develop some rapport with Dak over the back half this year. Maybe I could have a little more faith in next year. But you said it. So, they lose Marshawn. And he's going to give away his role, presumably, to Doug Martin, who's been, like, the worst running back in the NFL over the past few years. Doug Martin can't just get a bunch of carries. That can't happen. No. So, I mean, I think the value, I think the value, especially on DK, is, is on Jalen Richard, especially if we expect the, the Colts to score points. Uh, and the Colts um, are also 30th in receptions allowed to running backs. So, I think Jalen Richard would be the guy you would look at here. Jalen Richard's also been targeted – uh, at the highest rate per route run of any running back in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm looking at Rashard and thinking that he's like maybe the sneaky guy here. The thing about Amari is we have a large sample of the season where the Raiders already weren't giving targets to Amari Cooper. It's like, what the hell does he open up? Like, like he, it's, Jordy, so, it's Jordy week, baby. He has, he has four games on the season with three targets, five targets, one target, and one target. And there was no one play playable. Like really, Cook Cook had the awesome one week one game, but in all those other games, like none of these, like no one you can no one you can draw a clear line to and say that's the game Amari didn't get targeted. This guy popped like we can with Will Fuller, or we can say with uh, Tyler Boyd when you know Joe Mixon was out. We don't have any of those. We don't have like a clear delineation of Amari wasn't targeted, so this guy popped. The whole offense is just bad. They've scored 20 or fewer points in every game but one. The last two games they've played, they've scored 13 total points. 
Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't really, I don't really have like a strong take. If you want to play Doug Martin and if you want to play Jordy Nelson, you're going to try to sell me on Jordy Nelson. So I do want to hear it. I think Jalen Richard's the only guy I'm like, even like, like remotely tickled by. Yeah. I like Jalen Richard. I like Jared Cook too. Like I think at 5k, like I think Jared Cook's in play Indianapolis, the way they're running uh defense this year, you know, they're really kind of keeping a lot of stuff underneath. They're not giving up that big play. And to me, that just says Jordy. And that says uh, Jared Cook and look like, home teams like it's very rare that home teams just get blown out especially blown up by the freaking Colts so like Oakland's gonna put up points and like you said like I think it goes to Cook and I think it goes to Jordy I actually think god I can't believe I'm gonna say this out loud I think Derek Carr is an interesting tournament play this week nothing just he's, he's gonna like sit there and stare no, at I, I actually think he is oh, he, Evan's he's, back. he's shown no ceiling <laughs> he's shown no ceiling this year though I mean be aware of that you know he's played six games he's had one good game um, he's shown a really low floor too. Uh, but I think that, you know, in, in like this game has game stack potential. These guys have pride, you know, Derek Carr probably thinks that his job is in danger. It is. Oh, Evan lost. We lost Evan again. I love Evan Reeves. I love it. Evan just keeps coming back for like, uh, like some like very short takes and he's got to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to draw the the line to Carr, but it's just such a contrarian play because Evan said about this year, this is two years running now. Uh, if you go back all, even all the way into last year, this dude's been higher than QB 15 just four times those past 21 starts. Like there's just been no ceiling to latch on to. I mean, it's it's tough for me. Um, I can see it. I, I, I see how you guys are getting there. It's just tough for me to buy in. You know, Evan, you like to talk a lot about <laughs> – you know, just kind of mindsets of a lot of these teams, you know, we're just like, okay, well, the teams quit. Okay. Well, they don't trust the coaching staff. Right. What, what do you think the Raiders mindset is right now? Like, do they do, are they going to be a team that bounces back and say, yeah, we know they're trading away some of our best players, but like you said, we still have pride. Or are they just going to, you know, fold up and take their ball to Las Vegas? Yeah. I mean, they, they should be just playing for themselves, but, you know, trying to like put, put good stuff on tape. I mean, why haven't they traded like Kelechi Osemele yet? Why haven't they traded Rodney Hudson? Why are they trading the young dudes on rookie deals? You know, really, I mean, if you, and I know that they, they have been getting some positive, um, some positive PR uh, from like media types, but they're trading the wrong guys. Why are you trading guys on rookie deals? Like, like trade Rod, you know, trade your, 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 theoretically overpriced veterans and people have also compared their strategy to Sashi Brown's like it's nothing like Sashi Brown's Sashi Brown was not trading first of all Sashi Brown inherited nothing nothing okay and he and he did not trade away someone like Khalil freaking Mack like a true <laughs> difference maker you know he would have locked up someone like that um so it's just it it really you know I it's 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 very strange to see like all the different because like when you understand like NFL media, you have to understand that they're kind of like influenced by their sources. Right. So they're kind of like in the bag for their sources, like Mike Silver, you know, he, he got all his, his information from Hugh Jackson for like a decade. So, you know, whenever, whenever, like I, he blocked me on Twitter because I said something bad about Hugh Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know like how many people he would have I've never, I've never seen that from your account. Right, 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 right. Um, but, but you have to understand, like, how in the bag that the, the reporters are 
And there are some really good reporters. Like Adam Schefter is legitimately maybe the best reporter on the planet, regardless of, of what they report on. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't even matter. Um, you know, he, like he could go report about NBA. He actually has gone yeah, and reported about NBA. Yeah. yeah. And he could go dominate there, you know, I mean, maybe not as good as Woj, you know, but no one's as good as Woj, but, you know, but in his, in his sport, you know, he just has his finger on the pulse and he doesn't, he's not like in the bag for anything, you know, which is really, really cool. But all the other reporters have their little, their little biases and, and it's fun to kind of uh, break them down and you, and you can kind of just by, by examining them, you can figure out who, who they're in the bag for. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting game. Cause I could see this, like this game being a three point game and that's what Vegas has that. I could also see Indy winning this game by 35 points. And I think, Look, if any goes and wins this game by 35 points, we can just pick on the Raiders the rest of the year. Like, that's not going to be something they bounce back from. So I think this is a really interesting game. It's a pretty binary outcome as far as I'm concerned. It's not going to be like a 10 or 13-point victory. It's either going to be a close three-point game or it's just going to be a freaking blowout. And you guess right, you're going to have a big edge on the field this week. All right, let's talk about the Packers at the Rams. The Rams, they're nine-and-a-half-point favorites, 56-and-a-half-point total. And Reeves, this is – I mean – Every week, man, just like play Todd Gurley, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the first week where it is kind of tight. I don't think he's as tough to get in on DraftKings as he is on FanDuel because just where he's priced to the field on FanDuel is kind of crazy. Like, especially because we have we have a lot of good running back plays. Um, but, yeah, it's – what's that? I said good because I'm sick of Todd no. Gurley being 75% owned in high stakes. It is tougher this week. I still do want to jam in. Like I said, it, like I really feel like this is just like the Russ Westbrook triple-double season, like where you just got to – like like he's just – he's getting like an auto 30 every week. And he's just in a spot where he's just getting supreme usage, you know, at, at the goal line and the best, most efficient, consistent offense and setting up those types of touches. Like the Chiefs have as good an offense, but they're like hitting home runs. They're doing all kinds of different things. The Rams are just bleeding you down the field and just knocking pins down the whole way. Like that's all they're doing. They're just consistently sucking the life out of you defensively. You can't stop them. Like they're not even like hitting home runs the past two weeks. Actually, the past three weeks, if you look at the past three weeks, they've just been pounding the ball. They're 53% run the past three weeks. They're 56% the last two weeks. Goff's only thrown 52 passes the past two weeks. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's just it's just been the Todd Gurley show. They're just pumping him with targets. Uh, I mean, it's really hard to, to find any fault in in just trying to jam Todd Gurley in at the first thing you do when you go set a lineup. Yeah, and it's awfully depressing if you don't do that. If you say, no, this is going to be the week I'm not going to play Gurley. I'm going to play Woods instead. And next thing you know, like, it's just – you're just dead. And it's I, – I don't know. Evan, I'm sick of being dead, so I'm just going to throw in Todd Gurley everywhere. What do you think about yeah. Gurley this week? Is I mean, I, I think that it's to the point where they're going to start caring about records. Like, the Rams are going to start caring about records. And you have to understand that when there are situations where teams slash players care about records, you want to be in on that. You do not want to be fading that. You know, it's Kobe Bryant in that, that last game, you know, that last NBA game, I remember – yeah yeah (laughs) and I remember like thinking no I'm I'm fading it was like against the Spurs you know it was like a slow or something it was a jazz the jazz the jazz yeah slow game you know you want to be in on the records uh the Peyton Manning 2014 year okay you you did not want to be fading Peyton Manning that year you wanted to be playing him 
Um, you know, David Johnson, and he didn't get there in that uh, that Week 17 game. I think he tore his MCL in that final game. Um, but you wanted to be in on him. You that was you know one of the themes of jamming jamming him in. You know, jamming him in with Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson every week. You needed to play them every week. They were trying to get David Johnson to a thousand and a thousand. You know, and you want to be in on the records. And guess what? Todd Gurley has a chance to break LaDainian Tomlinson's record for the most all-purpose uh, running back touchdowns in, in NFL history in a single season. He's on pace for 32, as uh, Adam Levitan noted, and the record is 31. Uh, and they, this team can do pretty much whatever they want, you know, they, and they have every incentive to continue to give him the ball uh, in, you know, in scoring position as opposed to, throwing the ball to, you know, Cooper Cup, especially when Cooper Cup is friggin' injured. So um, you want to be in on teams that are trying to set records. Yeah, and obviously Todd Gurley, he's, you know, not only that, big home favorite in the highest total, you know, they have a 33-point team total. That's just nuts. And Reeves, I just don't want to fade Gurley, but what do we do with these other Rams guys? Because if Graham's getting – or Graham? Gurley's getting a million freaking points of production – it's hurting guys like Woods. It's hurting guys like Cooks. At least in theory, it is. What do you think about these other Rams pieces? Yeah, we've seen it a little bit. I mean, the target the targets are way down, especially for Cooks. With the tar, I mentioned it. The the target uh, team share is still there. They're just not throwing as much the past the past two and three weeks. We just haven't seen that value. Maybe they get pressed a little more this week, uh, and they and they'll have to put up some more points to the air. It definitely could happen and, and turn around, just like we saw in that Vikings game a couple weeks ago where the Vikings came out and matched them, you know, to start the game. They haven't been the last couple weeks, even the Denver game where Denver covered against them. That wasn't a close game. It was the Rams were up double digit points and, you know, they were never really pressed. Maybe we get that. We need a hot start for the Packers to, to keep that going this week. And the Packers are a team that's been notoriously starting slow. They're a team that hasn't really, it, Rogers has been putting up the fantasy juice but he's doing it all in the second half, like in breakneck spots. You know, the past few weeks, that Lions game and that 49ers game, they were chasing big numbers at the half. And he came back and, and put those points up. Well, the, the coaches put them in like suboptimal yeah. situations. So he has to, it's like kind of like Russell Wilson did last year, really. Uh, I mean, the coaches are so friggin' bad. You know, uh, Mike Lombardi on his podcast, he's like, uh, last week is like every every time that they put Jamal Williams or Ty Montgomery on the field instead of Aaron Jones, like you're doing a favor to the other team, you know. And I, I agree with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And Mike, Michael Barty is not right about everything, but I think that he's right about it. Right about this, you know. I mean, you're you are you're helping the other team by playing Jamal Williams at this point, and but they, you know, they have these stubborn, you know, old school thoughts that hey, you know we need Jamal Williams because he's going to pass protect and does he like pass protects like four plays a game, like literally four snaps a game, but this, but this (laughs) is how coaches think, Oh, we can Mm -hmm. trust them. So he's got to be on the field. I mean, it's just, it's like legitimately stupid. I am so sick of this. He can pass block thing. Mm -hmm. Like I am just so sick of it because it's been going on forever. And Aaron Jones, he gets on the field, he's productive. And then he gets kicked off the field. Reeves has been harping on it for years. You know, but but it's still like I mean, Reeves has been banging this drum. I think we had like an argument about it one time. Um, you know, but it like the, the thing is that it, it coach it influences the coaches. You know, and that is something that we have to like keep in mind. Like it it doesn't like you you actually you don't want your running back to be 
pass protecting at all. You want them to be like running routes and getting targets. You know what I'm saying? But these, especially like the Dolt coaches, you know, the Dolt coaches still think like this. And and uh, Levitan did a great solo pod uh, this week. You guys should listen to it uh, about the the Dolt coaches versus the smart coaches. It's That's freaking great. awesome. It's freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, did anyone watch Sunday Night Football? <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. I did. I yeah, Andy Reid versus Marvin Lewis. Yeah, that's oh, about yeah. how that out. Came, that's how that out came. came. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. How glad were you guys, by the way? That well, Reeves, you've been doing more total betting. Have you? Been, did you bet that game? Did you bet the total on that one? You didn't have the over. Hell yeah, I bet the over on that game. Sad. Yeah. So I bet uh, I had four overs last week, and they all they all went under, and they all were a play away. Like I'm sitting the old gambler's fallacy. Just if this just happens, man. So I had the like the over in that Browns Bucks game. It went to overtime. Like cool. Someone wins on a touchdown. Lock. And the Chiefs game. They're they're gonna kick a field goal, right? If hey, man, they're the, they're inside the ten yard line. And Jeff Driscoll's in the game. I can't count him to do anything. Just kick the field goal, Andy. It's a lock. Done. Nothing. Nope. They went on fourth and goal. Spencer Ware's stuff not happening. Uh, I can't. I forget the other one uh, that I had that I was like, oh, the 49ers game, the 49ers Rams game. Fort Rams put up 39. All I need is Fort Niners put up put up 13 points, and this is a good. Nope, not gonna happen, man. I just <laughs> like it was, ugh, it, was a, it was a brutal week playing game totals to me uh, last week. I've been trying to figure out whether Andy Reid had the over when it was at 58 and a half or whether he had the <laughs> under at 56. Like, I'm just not sure which way it was, but I feel like it was one of the two. But, but did you see the Bengals' defense rally for Marvin Lewis and make oh, that they stop? they were pumped. They were like, yeah, got him. <laughs> Woo! You know, as they're getting their brains beat in on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, good job, Bengals. Way to go, guys. Anyways, we're talking about the Packers, and Evan, I know you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers because this is just the spot for him where he's going to be throwing a lot against the – you know, a secondary that's banged up. Marcus Peters hasn't been good at keep leave, obviously, out for the year. And, uh, you know, since he's going to have extra time to throw with the pass blocking ability of Jamal Williams, he should really be in for a big game here. <laughs> um, you know, he, uh, Aaron Rodgers before the bye, he was the quarterback one, the quarterback four in back-to-back games. But as Reeves mentioned, it was from it was from rallying back. But, you know, this is another game that really sets up for him to potentially uh, rally back. He also dealt with hamstring and knee injuries uh, before the bye. And um, he started to get healthier. He had 30, uh, over 30 rushing yards in two of the, the final three games before their week seven bye. Um, and so, you know, you, you like to definitely see that. Um, he has the third highest passer rating in the NFL when he's blitzed. And uh, Wade Phillips has always been a big time blitzer. They're top 10. The Rams are top 10 in blitz percentage uh, this year. I, I just think that Aaron Rodgers, in terms of upside on this slate, uh, he's right there with Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck. I think that uh, one of those three guys is going to be the number one overall quarterback on this slate, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, or Andrew Luck. Not De- not Derek Carr? No, no. <laughs> and obviously, Reeves, if you're playing Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you, like Allison and Cobb, they're both practicing this week. Cobb is limited today, but it sounds like it's going to be fine. But you still want to pair Rodgers with Devontae Adams, don't you? Oh yeah, easily. I mean, Devontae's the the money player. I mean, this guy doesn't really get like those. He's not going to get to that hundred yard bonus on DK very often. But I mean, he has the past two weeks in catch up time. But he's gonna man. He is there a better receiver at like placing odds on who's going to score a touchdown this week? I mean, he's he's almost like he's basically the guy every week. You say if you're counting on one touch, one receiver score a touchdown, you could pick one guy. You're probably going to pick him almost every week. Like he's in the conversation. I'll just pick Julio because he's due. 
<laughs> he's, due, he's due, man. It's gonna happen. We're due. <laughs> but he leads all NFL all NFL receivers in red zone targets. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty pretty easy money here. The Rams have allowed multiple touchdown catches to an individual receiver in three of their past five games. Uh, definitely, we're talking about that multi-touchdown upside. He's he's the guy that you're gonna circle every week. All right, so I think Jimmy talk- Graham is good too. I think this is, this is a Jimmy Graham spot as well. It, it, do I just have a blind spot for Jimmy Graham because I literally never play this guy? He's been pretty solid. Like he hasn't been amazing, but he's been really solid. The Rams have kind of been like that uh, tight end target funnel defense this year. Uh, they're the third highest rate in the league in, uh, seeing uh, teams you know target their tight ends, and they really haven't faced a lot of good tight ends. Um, they've given up some huge game, a huge game of Jared Cook. Obviously, Kittle got him again last week. Uh, for the touchdown, he was the really the only productive player for Boy Irons in that game. Um, yeah, I think – and Graham's actually been useful, like, outside the – not just outside the red zone this year. He's actually had some yardage-type games this year. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm into that. I mean, this is a game – this is the game. Like, this is the core play game. Like, this is the one. Uh, this is just littered with core plays. Yeah, I mean, I just look at his price, like 4.7K over on DK. I would mm. rather I would rather pay 5K for Jared Cook. Ooh, you're – oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'd rather pay 46 for David Njoku. I mean, that's like a six or one half. We're talking a hundred K different or hundred dollar difference. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I just feel like it's, I feel like it's really close between the two of them. I don't know. And Jimmy right now he's, but Jimmy's going to be lower on than Njoku. Yeah. He's going to be way lower on. I mean, right now it's 10% versus two and a half percent. And I think we see Njoku end up closer to 20%. So yeah, I definitely see what you're saying with Jimmy being a low owned option. I just, I, I just have a blind spot for Jimmy. Like I never play the guy. Well, the dude looked like he was like running on no, like last year he looked washed. Like it looked like the dude had like wooden legs. Recently. I thought he was like, yeah, good. yeah. That's why I was just selling. I was just, were you listening? I was trying to sell him on Jimmy Graham. Evan, can you sell me? Like, like I said, it's a blind spot of mine. I just don't want to play him. No, I mean, I understand. I don't think I played him yet this year. Um, I, you know, I, if you're going to play a lot of lineups, like as you do crane, then I think he make he definitely makes sense to mix in like in a good matchup um, with the highest total on the slate. And we just highlighted he's a direct pivot on DraftKings to Njoku. They're like basically the same price. Yeah, and and he's uh, he has more air yards per way more air yards per game uh, than Njoku on the season, and you know it's all shakiness beyond Devonte Adams and Jimmy Graham in that pass catcher core. We're not getting any targets for the running backs, uh, and we don't know what to expect. We should really talk about Marquez Valdez Scantling and, and Randall Cobb and uh, Geronimo Allison. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What do you think about these secondary receivers? I don't know. I want to hear what Reeves has to say. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, I know what I think should happen, but I also know what I think should happen in the Packers' backfield, right? Yeah, I mean, should is a is a pretty – they're not going to do it. They're just going to keep screwing us and messing with their heads. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a six foot three, four three seven speed slot receiver with zero drops on the season – uh, who has a hundred yard game under his belt, who has multiple gains of 30 plus yards, who destroyed in the preseason, who was the reason that Brian Gutekunst, Gutekunst. You can't say uh, that. The, the Packers GM. I mean, that's his name. <laughs> Brian Gutekunst wanted to trade Randall Cobb uh, before the season because he loved Marquez Valdez Scantling as he should. But I think that, you know, someone must have stepped up and said, no, we're keeping Randall Cobb. It might have been Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, it, it legit might have been, you know. But, um, 
I mean, this dude needs to play. Like he adds, so you have Devonte Adams, who's like a, a technical, you know, he run after catch receiver, doesn't get a lot of separation, you know, very good at what he does, has great, he's like developed into like, you know, a great hands receiver, you know, just a guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts. Like it doesn't matter, like a dude can be in his hip pocket and Rodgers will throw him the rock. You know, he's got 10 touchdowns, great red zone receiver, 10 touchdowns in the last 10 games, but they don't have a field stretcher opposite him. I mean, what did Geronimo Allison run coming out? Four, six, eight? Like he is not a speed receiver. I think he's fine. I think he, he can definitely play and he could be the number three, but you need like a, this speed element opposite Devonte Adams to have like the optimal configuration. And I think it's just bad coaching if they just go right back to Randall Cobb and, and Geronimo Allison, just because they've been in the league longer. Yeah, it's hard to believe that the Packers would have bad coaching, though. I also thought it was bad drafting. They took three guys of similar ilk uh, in this draft. They they took like three like leaner like non speed receivers like to try to fill one spot. You you think that's bad drafting? Well, I mean, I think the Browns tried it a couple of years ago, and I think w- what you end up doing is you end up having one of these guys like you basically have all those guys stunt each other. And that's what the Browns did a few years ago when they took there's the draft. They took Higgins, Jared Payton, Jordan Payton. Uh, they took someone else. And they, they took a bunch of dudes. I think the Browns took like yeah. four receivers that draft. Uh, the other names are eluding me right now. Um, because you have a spot to fill. Maybe because it's John Wilson serving as your field stretcher. That's what he did, you know, before he got hurt. He was that, he was that guy in the offense. I mean, you could go out and get one of those guys instead of just trying to – draft three of the same type of receiver all right so i don't know i I actually kind of liked what they did because because they took them all on the third day you know so they they were just throwing darts like it seems like they have a grip this is actually a very interesting conversation they multi-entered receivers about about football yeah no it's it's a very the problem is is you have the problem is you have those guys take reps from each other and you end up stunning you end up and that happened in the brown situation like they had none of those guys end up popping because those guys end up in a domino effect because they're not playing over these veterans they're not playing over randall cobb they're not playing over john allison so they're taking all these reps from each other in practice this is what happened in that draft they took Corey coleman in the first round okay and they took richard higgins and they took um Peyton, who uh, got suspended and then cut. Uh, but I don't know. It's 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 an interesting – this is not the, the forum for it, but it's a very interesting <laughs> football conversation. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about some other quarterbacks that we like because you guys said kind of at the beginning of the show, there are a lot of different ways we can go this week as far as quarterbacks go, even games that we haven't talked about. And by the way, we haven't even talked about Patrick Mahomes. So, Reeves, talk to me about Patrick Mahomes. He faces uh, Denver, who's just – I don't know. Talk to me about Patrick Mahomes. What do you think about him? He's good. He's good at football. He's good. Okay, done. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's hard. I mean, like we we we're at the Patrick Holmes thing. Like you know, like we know what to do, man. You can get some exposure to Patrick Holmes, but I mean, it's really expensive to do so at a position where like points are readily available. It's you know, it's different. And plus, we've got this Broncos team who has showed their hand twice in these types of situations. What they want to do, they want to just not give up big plays. They want to just they're they're totally content with the team each team running the ball down their throat. They did it to the Chiefs the first time they played. They did it to the Rams and they played too. And they were kind of in both those games. They were definitely in the Chiefs game. They were winning into the fourth quarter. Uh, the Rams game is kind of the final score masks a little like how much they were in that game. But the they the point is they have, they only get twenty three points to the Rams, which is a super the victory. You can get listen, man. Like bad run defense, like is never gonna like be a thing that like loses you like a Super Bowl or loses you like a season. 
the Broncos know that they're fine with that in, in these situations. You just want teams not to put a 40 on you. So I think that that just lines up to where I want to play Kareem Hunt. I mean, I just want to look at Kareem Hunt as price on both um, on both sites. He's got he's gone over 140 yards from scrimmage now in three of his past four games. Uh, Denver's like is like I said, it's going to allow Kareem Hunt to have a good game, and now he's starting to get involved in the passing game. He's had 18 targets over the past four weeks, not a lot, but when you only had three over your first three games, it gives you a little bit of a floor now that we can latch onto, and it gives you a little bit more of a ceiling. Uh, so I mean, I look at Kareem Hunt, and that's the dude I want to play because Denver's whole plan is to say. If we don't give if we give up 40, we lose automatically. We're probably gonna lose anyways, but if we give up 40, we definitely lose. If we give up like 24 to 27, like at least we've got a shot. Well, yeah. they're definitely gonna lose because they cut Chad Kelly. <laughs> I mean, the whole Chad Kelly thing is weird. Like yeah. that story, that story is something, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty clear what happened, right? I mean, I think it's pretty clear what happened. Yeah, like, no, I, I understand he, what you're he, saying. He, he went to the Halloween party. He got too drunk. He didn't know where he was. You know, he stumbled into some place. You know, I don't for like the way that it was kind of billed though is kind of I don't know. I mean, he he definitely screwed up. You know, like you can't be getting that drunk. But I don't. He didn't hurt anybody. Like yeah. And I mean, it's not like he went and like challenged the entire room to a big foosball table, threatening to kick their asses. Right, Evan. Yeah, that never happened. So I'm just saying. <laughs> like it's so he's just like, wait a second. I recognize that. <laughs> By the way, with as bad as Case Keenum has been, knowing that Chad Kelly is probably about to take over this job sometime soon, Evan, like there's no way Chad Kelly was all that is all that good, is there? They would not have cut him if he was that good. I mean, I probably already talked too much about Chad Kelly and, you know, uh, you know, on this show. I mean, I'm sure he was just on a zero tolerance policy, you know, where he just cannot get in any kind of trouble. You know, there's a reason that he was the Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. He was the last pick. You know, it's just they just gave him a zero tolerance policy. I'll be interested to see does it get picked up? I mean, he legit was awesome in the preseason. I mean, he's really aggressive, he's athletic, you know, but he has some demons and um, unfortunately they got the better of him in this situation. Like it's, they, they didn't put him in a good situation though. Like you have to, you know, even as like players on the team, you have to keep, you have to understand that, you know, this dude has like some demons and someone has to like almost be like his chaperone in a situation like that. It's just, I don't want to talk about it anymore because I'm probably, you know, talking out of my ass, but um, it's just, he, he wound up in a really bad situation and man, I mean, you know, I, I hope that, I mean, like he, he's got to be the most depressed dude on the planet right now. He, 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 he screwed up one night. He he didn't really even hurt anybody, you know, and, um, and he lost his career like that. That's really, really sad. It's a, it's a sad situation. All right, some other quarterbacks that I mentioned this week. Reeves, talk to me about Andy Dalton because he's somebody that I've been expecting him to go off the last two weeks, and he just hasn't. Now he gets Tampa Bay team that, well, everybody, every quarterback's supposed to go off against. So what do we think about Andy Dalton against Tampa Bay? Yeah, pretty good bounce back spot for all the Bengals. Pick one, you know, pick pick a card, any card with the Bengals offense. Uh, the Bucks, like everyone has hit against the Bucks, They're like the Falcons. Like it just, it's just legitimate. Like who do you want to play? Think about it last week. We were into a rookie running back, a, a rookie quarterback, uh, a receiver that had done anything and like a, a tight end who was hot, but all those guys hit. All four of the Browns hits that we were on. Uh, you know, they lost Quan Alexander now for the season. Uh, you know, their, their middle linebacker, his backup, 
uh, was also injured, I believe, in that game as well. So, I mean, it's just a, a bad defense. They're not expected to have Gerald McCoy back again this week. Uh, they're on the road off of an overtime game, which we already laid out. Uh, it's it's a spot to get back on the Bengals. No one's going to play those guys. They got dusted in prime time. Uh, and they no-showed in a game where people were on them. You know, granted, they weren't on the main slate, but people were supremely invested in fantasy and all those guys. Uh, I mean, if, if you saw anyone watching that game, the tweets are not. AJ Green was the only one that popped. Um, they're also kind of like trending in the wrong direction, though, like from a coaching stance. This offense looked really great the, the first few weeks, and now they're starting to get really like stagnant. They don't know how to use Joe Mix in the passing game. Uh, Joe Goodberry is tweeting about it. Uh, he has just – he had 54 yards receiving that week one, using him in the screen game. In the preseason, they're flexing this guy at wide receiver. He's he's hitting uh, – we're seeing all this usage. And he is, he's gone the, the rest of the season now, and he has, what, you know, 46 receiving yards combined? Why do you stop doing that? I, I still yeah. don't understand. I don't understand why do you stop doing it. No, it makes no sense. Uh, so they need to get back to that. I mean, you have a guy that these types of players have been proven to be to drive good offenses. When you have yeah. these combo, ba- these two hundred thirty pound combo yeah. backs that yeah, don't they, they never come, off, come the off the field exactly, <laughs> and you're not using this guy as ability. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a good spot to go back to those guys because so no one wants to play anyway. All right, let's talk about some running backs because, you know, we've already talked about Gurley, Connor. We talked about Hunt earlier. Like, obviously, all these guys are great plays. But you know, guys like Kerryon Johnson, Marlon Mack, we mentioned, Saquon Barkley, you know, he's 8.8K at home against the uh, Redskins. Like, Evan, what other running backs are you looking at? Raheem Moster. Ooh, I like Ooh, that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you like that? I, I took yeah. French, man. I used to be uh, – I took AP French. Raheem did you really? Moster. Yeah, I did. Yeah, oh. I, I went to France actually for it. But uh, um, <laughs> Raheem Moster. So my first experience with Raheem, Raheem Moster, I think, was in the 2015 or 2016 preseason, where all the other Eagles, he was on the Eagles at the time, the, all the other Eagles running backs were inactive. Okay. So this dude got like 24 touches in a preseason game and just mashed. And I mean, I won everything. You know, I, I won everything and I was playing on FanDuel and, uh, you know, I would communicate with Levitin at the time about, you know, who we're going to play in preseason DFS and he played more DraftKings and he won like everything on DraftKings and I won everything on FanDuel and that was, and I, I will, so I will always have this special place in my heart for Raheem Moster and he is hung around in the NFL because he plays special teams. Okay. But the reason that he got in the NFL is because he's a spark freak. He's an incredible athlete, okay? But he is not, like, a polished at the position, you know. But now he's in this situation where Kyle Shanahan Shanahan doesn't care, man. Like, you know, he came from this – you know, his dad, like, would throw in Tatum Bell or Olandis Gary or, you know, the six-round pick by the name of Terrell Davis or, you know, uh, Clinton Portis and then trade Clinton Portis, you, you know. Don't throw shade on Selvin Young while you're at it. Selvin Young and Mike <laughs> Bell and, you know, we, we could keep going on. Uh, oh, uh, Evan Royster and Alfred Mike Morris Anderson. And Mike Anderson. And, I mean, all these dudes had monster games. Like, they, th- these guys were the creators, the inventors of run, running back doesn't matter. It's amazing that, like, is it 20 years later? Is it 20 years later? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Like, TD was – Terrell Davis was 98, wasn't he? It's like 20 years later. It's yeah. literally 20 years later. 
okay yeah. that people still haven't grasped that that running backs don't matter and i mean i think they they do matter to some extent but you know they they don't they're replaceable they're, they're replaceable commodities and um you know I, this is it, it's it's a great example of raheem Mostert. could he could legit go on to be like a league winner the thing is that matt Breida is so freaking tough i mean he has like the the most he's like the toughest dude in the league he's I mean, gotten carded like three times <laughs> how does he keep playing, he keeps man. coming back he's gotten carded legit twice in two games and has come back in the he's game a shoulder injury a knee injury an ankle injury i mean he's just he's an animal so you can't rule him out they could they could list him as out on friday <laughs> and i would still be like is Breda gonna play you know like he's yeah, I mean, this is what, and Schefter tweeted this uh, about six hours ago. It said on Breed, he's looking a lot better these last two days. Oh, We're definitely giving him today off. We'll see how he is tomorrow. If he's good, we'll throw him in practice and evaluate him from there. So, yeah, because like, it was two weeks ago. He was for sure not supposed to play in that Packers game. And I then... remember, you know, I, never, <laughs> I thought Kyle Juszczyk was going to be a thing. And well, we see how that worked out. Like it did, but Evans, right, man. I mean, we like so the Arizona, like they're like they have not faltered. Like no matter what running back you want to play against them in the situation, we saw it again on Thursday when Philip Lindsay just completely got touched them up. The 49ers backfield at 248 yards against this Cardinals team the last time these two teams played. Um, so I mean, it's a spot. Like if Rita doesn't play, he's like a near min guy. We're talking about in a slate where there's not a lot of these types of guys to play at either the running back or wide receiver position. He's definitely a guy I had on my short list uh, to bring up. I mean, couldn't you play him anyways? Like, even if – I mean, he saw eight targets – or four targets last week. He had seven yeah. carries. Like, the guys – Well, got- Brita did not play, like, the last three quarters of that game. Yeah, I just I just think that, like, maybe you could play this guy – because we – look, Brita, yeah, he's tough, but we all know he's going to get hurt in the first quarter again and leave the game for quarters. So, hell, maybe it's better if Brita's not going to play. Because I think you can play this guy either way. Uh, other running backs for you, uh, Reeves, who you got? Uh, the only other guy I will bring up is the guy I just named is Philip Lindsay, uh, especially where he's priced on both sites. I mean, if, if Royce Freeman is not going to play and he's one of those guys too, where it looked like he was for sure going to be out and now they're kind of hedging, uh, kind of taking us along for the ride, but that's an early game. So we will sure know at 1130 if he is out. Uh, but I mean, where he's priced on both sites, he's already led the backfield and, uh, touches, uh, in every game that he's played the full game, except for when he. The only time was when he gave that dude the, the rib shots or whatever in that in the in the pile up. Uh, but he's had double digit PPR points in all of his games. The dude's just electric. Like he's one of those guys like Brita last year, just is taking the full advantage of his opportunity. And Denver is a team that has run the ball well all season. They've just gotten scripted out of the run regularly uh, every week. Uh, so I mean, if you tell me I can just get him with Roy Streaming completely out of the way, he's probably going to get the goal line touches. Uh, two weeks ago when they played the Broncos and were tra- trailing points the whole game, he got yeah, they seven are the targets. Broncos. They are the Broncos. Who'd they play? Oh, I mean, uh, the Rams. Yes. He got seven targets in that yeah. game trailing. Cause up until that point, they were still using Booker in like passing situations, even though he wasn't getting targets, he was running all the pass routes in those spots. And the last time we had a situation like that, he ran, he got seven targets in that game. Yeah, he had a touchdown. 20, 20 touches of Philip Lindsay is, would be white hot. I mean, yeah. We're talking about like maybe 200 total yards. I mean, this dude, this dude's a baller. He's he's work done. I think I really think he's really good. Oh, I like I like the work done reference. Okay, so I got to ask you about two other running backs because one of the things that we like to talk about is all right, 
at home, big favorite running backs. You know, maybe not necessarily bell cow guys, but here are a couple names. Lamar Miller. Yeah, we're going back there, baby. At home against the Dolphins. And then also Jordan Howard at home against the Jets. Both seven and a half point favorites at home. Evan, can I talk to either one of those guys? Uh, Jordan Howard or, or, or who? Lamar Miller. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Miller is someone that I know that by when when uh, Thursday slate comes around, I'm going to end up talking myself into playing him <laughs> because I like to I like to play dudes in the Thursday games. Like, you know, I, I really do. I, I want to have like a rooting interest. There's no better feeling than um, entering, you know, Saturday or entering Sunday with a head start. You know, if Lamar Miller goes for like 110 yards and two touchdowns, you know, then I feel like you're, you almost make more rational decisions. Now, when you enter, when you uh, play the Thursday slate and then those dudes bomb, um, you end up making crazy ass decisions. And I've been in that situation very, very many times, but um, Lamar Miller plus Texans defense, I think is, is an awesome uh, combination for the Thursday through Monday. This, you know, this Texans coaching staff knows Brock Osweiler better than, uh, than any coaching staff in the league. And uh, I think they're going to have some special stuff dialed up for him. I mean, this, this Brock Osweiler stuff is, is the luck is going to run out sooner rather than later. Now they're on a short week uh, in Houston. And I mean, the toughness that Deshaun Watson has showed, uh, I think is going to inspire the entire team. The dude came and make the freaking team flights. He's got to take his personal bus. You know, he, he's got just an unbelievable amount of toughness. Um, and I think that, you know, the team's going to stand up and play, play real well for him uh, on Thursday night against this chump Brock Osweiler, who has, you know, a couple of good games in a row, but everyone on the Texans roster knows Brock Osweiler's a chump and they're going to, they're going to let him know on Thursday night. And that will, that should, you know, help Lamar Miller. I mean, Lamar Miller should be in positive game script, but they're favored by like seven and a half. I mean, the dolphins are a four and two team, yo, you know, that's, that's a big spread let me check it again man let me, yeah it's seven, seven and a half right? seven and a half like woo. the game the game total i feel is is like not is is way i'm betting under i'm playing yeah, under I, I think it's well it's, it, the, the under got hit already i mean it opened at 45 and a half i was like um i don't know about that dude and, and it's, it's already down a point yeah yeah the last three texans games have had 35 total points 33 total points and 27 total points like i'm I'm all about this life. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about Brock Osweiler in a short week. His two top receivers are out. Uh, it's, it's Amendola, Jakeem Grant, and Devontae, the ghost of Devontae Parker is allowed to play football. Like they're allowing him to play football this week. Like he's, <laughs> that's basically it. Like they're just allowing him to play. Like he's, he's, he's yeah. been allowed to play football at this point. He's that been fine. Exactly what's happening. That's exactly yeah, what's like happening. They're allowing him to play football. My my fear is that Jakeem Grant just goes off. Like you know, he's one of those weird guys, man. Like I know. Uh, he could go nuts. Yeah, uh, definitely. He's he he touches the ball in such weird ways. But uh, the the Sean Watson thing is crazy to me because like this dude can't fly on airplanes, but allowed to play, but is allowed to play NFL football. <laughs> like behind the worst offensive line in, in the league. Yeah. Like it's wild, man. This dude has like a hurt lung. Like why would you ever play football? Like why? I, I mean, like if I'm getting paid that pro football money, I would. But like, I mean, it's these guys, like, man. Dude, I, I hear you, man. Like we, I've had that discussion with my wife, like about my kid. I'm just like, that dude ain't playing football. Like he'll play something safer. Like 
I don't know, boxing or something, but you know, football and ankle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some wide receivers because we got to get out of here here soon. Uh, Reeves, talk to me about some of your favorite wide receivers that we haven't discussed yet. Um, I think both Bengals guys. I mean, I'm obviously really interested in AJ Green. Not that ever, I mean, everyone else is going to be going back to Boyd, I think is fine too. Um, I'm kind of interested in uh, just, so I'm looking for like guys that can play like pricing values this week because there's no like clear, like cheapies yet. We haven't had anything open up on the board yet. So I'm just kind of thumbing around and thinking about like, what can I do with my wide receiver three spots? And one guy that kind of, uh, I keep getting drawn to is Sammy Watkins. Uh, he didn't get to play in that first Broncos game. Uh, you know, cause he, he got, he hurt his hamstring like right away. I think the first drive, uh, but he's had like a really safe floor. He's not giving you ceiling games, but he's hitting, he's giving you value for where he's priced on both sites. I'm not excited about it, but I mean, he has like some potential. I'm just, it's just, I don't see any, any cheapies this week on the board yet, man. I mean, do, do, am I missing someone yet? Do I got a blind spot to someone? I get, I have somebody I bet Evan's going to like. You're good at these. So you're good. This is why I like, you're good at these guys. Like, what about Cortland Sutton at 3.8 K? Yeah, I, I want to see Demarius Thomas traded so so much. Even if even if Thomas is there, like, would it really yeah. shock you if Sutton went off in that spot? It wouldn't. No, nope, not at all. Not yeah, at like, all. and you know what? If Demarius gets traded, then Sutton's immediately the chalk. Like he's forty percent owned. Yeah, so I don't want him to get traded. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd rather just play Sutton at three or four percent, and you know, take my potential profit there. Like Sutton can do a hundred and score. Like that can happen for uh, Sutton. Evan, who are some of the other guys you like? It's tough. I mean, in terms of cheapies, you know, I definitely think that Jordy's in play. Yeah. No, no question. I mean, he's been getting solid red zone targets. Uh, he's been pretty efficient so far. Uh, I mean, his yards per route run is right even with Amari Cooper. Um, and it, it should ascend. He should start to get more air yards. Um, you know, he it's pretty gross, dude. I mean, let me let me let me see here. Uh, I got I got I got another. Point. I, I think that Jermaine going back to Jermaine Curse, you know, is. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to want to do that, and I get it. Like what what you you're you like all right. So when you make a really big mistake, and I did not play Jermaine Curse last week, although if I was playing on DraftKings, I, I likely would have, and I almost played him on FanDuel. But when you make a, a when you like get when you take a goose egg like that, you have to at least try to learn something from it and I think that the best takeaway from that is just that you understand that you were betting a, on a dude just from straight opportunity okay this dude's a fringe NFL player Jermaine Curse is really a fringe NFL player certainly a fringe starter I mean on a good team he's probably a number four Dude, um, it was really it was really yeah. strange I kept hearing takes all week like right oh, Jermaine Curse has done it before and I kept saying like we're talking about Jermaine Curse here. Like he sucks with the Seahawks, and they had right. Doug Baldwin and nobody. You know, like I, I just right. didn't understand why Jermaine Curse. And I look, I get he was minimum price. He was starting in the slot, and it was a good matchup. But like, are we really going to get that excited over Jermaine Curse? I was surprised he was so popular. Over forty percent high stakes last week, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to knock the play, you know, because I, I think that it, it did make sense. Uh, but I still think that whenever we take, especially when we take a goose egg. Like you have to have some sort of takeaway and just understand that you were not, you, you were, you bet on a dude who's not real talented, you know, yeah. and that, that was your, that was your bet. You're, but you know, at the same time, like you're going to continue to do stuff like that because you're trying to find cheap dudes and you're not always going to be able to get a great talent with great opportunity in a great matchup. 
you know, but, but you just have to understand what you did, where you went wrong. And I think that that's where, where people went wrong. I mean, they, they bet on a dude that's just not real talented. Why is Demarius Thomas going to be under 5%? It's the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs. Because he, he has to score a touchdown. Well, one, I've been, I mean, I've been trying to bang the drum for a while that the Chiefs' pass defense is not nearly as bad as people believe it is. They are good against wide receivers. The problem is, is that they just face a ton of volume. They've only allowed one receiver to score since week two. That's it. One guy scored right. against them. They've allowed one touchdown. The problem is, is they face 50 freaking pass attempts a game, and eventually the accumulation starts to add up. But their secondary play is pretty decent. Their linebackers are atrocious than coverage like that's a problem they can't stop the run but they've been pretty solid against wide receivers like for the most part um you know at least on a per target basis the problem is they just face so much volume uh but I get it I mean for I know you're looking at that 4.9 and you're saying the volume is going to be there uh you know you just you just you just plug your nose and you you shoot for a high scoring game and you see what happens the problem is Demarius has been completely unusable in games he doesn't have a touchdown yeah in the games he doesn't have a touchdown he's he's been awful what if I said I could probably give you 10 points in PPR for 3.4K? Would you take that? Sure. What if I, yeah. what if I said the guy was going to be 1%? Yeah, of course. of course. What if I said it was a slot receiver going up against the worst slot defense in football? It's Anthony Miller. It is Anthony Miller. Yeah. And Anthony Miller led the Bears in air yards last week, by mm-hmm. the way. Yeah, I think Anthony Miller's a fine play this week. Yeah, He's only he, 3.4K. He seven targets. Yeah. He, the, here, here's a problem, okay, Crane, and I, and I, I don't want to talk you out of him, okay? Okay. But he is playing with a harness on his shoulder, so he cannot reach above his head. And so he had seven targets last week. He caught two. So he's Nick O'Leary. <laughs> yes, we need yes. Nick O'Leary. Yes, <laughs> yes. He, he is. He is. I mean, don't ask him to recover a fumble. Because he's like, they'll try to get it, you know, and he won't. He's not, he's not on the hands team. <laughs> no, he's not on the hands team. No, please. Vic Fangio, right. do not put him on the hands team. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to get off here. We've got to <laughs> run over. I know David's ready to get home, so we got to go, though. Thank you so much for joining us, Reed, Evan. Been fun, as always. Thanks for watching, everybody. Make sure you check us out, rotogrinders.com. Check them out on Roto World. We'll see you guys later. Peace. 